1: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Welcome into your Friday edition of the Ots and Audibles podcast. I'm your host, Eric Scopel. Jared Mack, writing shotgun today. As Matt Preem remains uh, on vacation, he'll be back, I think, for next Wednesday's podcast, I believe. So you'll have a couple more of uh, without... I guess sans matt here but uh, we're doing a seven on seven football draft so we are we are going to do a snake draft i have already won the toss uh it was we didn't neither of us had a coin around but jared was able to ask some automated voice in his, his apartment i don't know who that my was. google machine yeah jared's google machine decided that my tails never fails won the toss so i will start first but we are doing this, and just so you understand the exercise, I thought this would be fun. This is, like, very much prime off-season content. We would not be doing this exercise, like, in – There is like, no off-season. Well, but then we wouldn't be doing this in, like, October, like, in, like – We could. Lead up to, like, UCLA game week. Let's <laughs> do a seven-on-seven <laughs> draft. Um, but this is, like, hey, we've got some fun – this is a fun exercise. Let's run through this. I think it will be telling probably on, like, guys we prioritize in these situations. Um, we are doing this. We, we had this discussion, we had quite a long discussion about how what this actually was. Like, is this actual seven on seven? Should we be prioritizing players who are good on seven on seven over players who are better on an eleven on eleven situations? This is seven on seven football. So we are drafting guys that would be good in a seven on seven environment, and we are drafting with the assumption that it would be some sort of formation like a quarterback. You got a running back, you got four players out wide. I have it written down as the snapper ball guy who is basically mm-hmm. an eligible receiver who doesn't block, who just snaps the ball, flips the ball. That's the seventh offensive player. Probably going to be uh, the Mr. Irrelevant picks, I imagine. Then you go defensively, yes. a handful of corners or nickels, a couple deep safeties. And I don't know, we're debating about probably based upon who we uh, the other one uh, picks. If we'll go linebacker, if we'll do two linebackers, kind of what that'll look like. But there is the basics. There's the two minute rundown on what
3: we're do- the exercise is before we jump into it. I thought we should probably do that. Um, I do have a, I do have a question. Um, are we are we going to select the offense or defense first? Or are we going to jump into everybody? I think we should just be able to do whatever the heck we want, Jared. Oh, I think man. we should have
2: whatever draft strategy we want is the one we should use here. Um, All right. I th- I think that'll add a little something to it because to me there are certain position groups I'm going to prioritize he- more heavily than others. <laughs> I I, uh, I would imagine. So with the first overall pick of the 2022 Duck Territory Seven on Seven Oregon Football Draft, quite a do, name.
3: Do, 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 do.
2: They, you remember, I'm happy we, I'm happy the real NFL <laughs> draft is happening because Jared and I were at a bar t- watching the first day and I could not I, I could not remember the jingle, um, but we we've got it now. We've heard it so many times in the last week. I'll um, make sure
3: to do it on every single selection, too. Oh,
2: please do. Um, first yeah, please. overall, I will take a quarterback, and I will take Bo Nix. Quarterback. The, I value the position. I think there's Bo good depth receiver. Um, it is a snake draft, so you might stock up in some positions here that might mean, leave me a little bit shorthanded. Um, I, I just thought that there was a pretty significant differentiation between Nix and the other quarterbacks in the roster at this point. And – if you took Knicks, I was maybe gonna like not take a quarterback for a really long time, probably the very last pick because I'm guessing you wouldn't take two quarterbacks. Um, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I, I with the first pick that was gonna be my my sneaky strategy. By the way, was was taking a quarterback. That's interesting. Last, but now I'm giving uh. you that strategy. Um, but no, I, I think Knicks is the best quarterback. I don't know how close it is, and honestly, part of it is I didn't want to take the second quarterback because then I was left to be choosing between two guys that I think are pretty evenly matched probably and also I just think Nicks is significantly probably further ahead although in a seven on seven setting maybe maybe some of his escapability some of the stuff that makes him so good there is not quite as significant as it is on an 11- 11 setting but um, that's where I want so I'm going Nick's first overall you now
3: have two picks Jared I do what are you doing um with my first overall pick I'm going to take Christian Gonzalez cornerback.
2: Oregon that was the other first overall pick I had in my mind
3: because the corners
2: the corner depth is just not great
3: yeah it's not great uh for my second overall pick I'm going to go and kind of even this out and take an offensive player I'm going to go with maybe mm-hmm. seven McGee oh I love wide that. receiver think, Oregon that's awesome
2: you're up he would be incredible in a seven-on-seven seven environment. Well, that's
3: – yeah, I mean, that's what we're going off of, which is why I'm interested to see your bo Nick selection.
2: Well, I thought quarterback you take first because I do think there's a differentiation. I wanted to take – I wanted to have the first quarterback,
3: basically. I feel like quarterback, quarterbacking in seven-on-seven seven just isn't as important as it is in 11-on-11. 11 11. Well, I'm now going to take –
2: a non-quarterback because oh. a, st- a stunner here, I'm not playing a two-quarterback system. Uh, <laughs> oh, system.
3: You're not gonna slot Ty Thompson out wide. <laughs> yeah,
2: Ty Thompson out wide just to throw passes. No, probably won't do that. Um, I- I'm gonna take the other corner, and that's Dante Manning. I'm assuming as close to full health as you can expect. Yeah.
3: Um, everybody is healthy in this scenario. Injuries, yeah. Let's assume off.
2: people are healthy here. Um I thought Manning had a really strong spring. I thought he and Gonzalez were clearly the one, two at corner. And as Jared showed with his number two over selection, there's like, you need to, you need good corners here. Oregon has good receivers, which I'm going to take one in a moment here. Mm-hmm. Um, and the depth at corner. And we're going to, I think this exercise will show the lack of depth because we're going to take guys probably not enrolled yet at some point here, because you have to basically have three or four corners. Yeah. To, yeah. So, um, and, and that's like, so there's going to be like six to eight corners selected in this draft, which is somewhat problematic when there's like, six on scholarship (laughs) (laughs) so there's that um i'm I'm gonna take dante thornton Mm -hmm. with my other pick here the two Um, dantes the two dantes yeah i I want dante heavy bo Nix and dante heavy draft here um uh, dante more in a couple years maybe uh jk lol no inside information just making a joke because the fan base is excited about him um you watch seven on seven and, and I think seven McGee is really valuable for what he can he can do in terms of finding space. I also think yep. you watch like highlights, like a lot of that's
3: just like jump balls. And Dante Thornton is maybe your best he was, yeah, I, I was going back and forth with him in seven because Dante Manning is like six five and can jump out of the gym and he's like perfect, perfect, perfect for seven on seven. But seven, <laughs> I think can it can has, has his own strengths, which I think could, could help out my team eventually. All right, what's your – go six and seven, Jared. So I have six and seven right now? Oh, yeah. let me Let me cross off some people.
2: I mean, you've, yeah, you've got Dante, to, you got to – You don't want any
3: repeat picks. No, we do not. And you took Dante Manning. All right. <clears throat> the six overall selection, Team Mac will pick their Dante Thornton stopper in TriQuest Bridges. Okay, do you want him as – where, where are we slotting him? Is he a corner? Is he a
2: safety? Is that a conversation for another day? Does it matter to you?
3: Triquez is going to be my nickel safety. All right. I like it. Yeah. That's a good spot. Even though in
2: real football, he won't be. In real life, playing, he's not. be playing there, to be clear. But that I, yes. I, li- I like it. I like it a lot. Go
3: ahead. Um, with the seventh overall selection. Hmm, This is a tough one. I'm going to match your jump ball. I'm going with Chase Cota. Okay.
2: That was, he was high on my board as well.
3: Mm-hmm. This is, he's really honestly only high on my board after our, uh, after the spring game, excuse me, and seeing him actually like go up and really go out and get passes.
2: I think it's a good pick.
3: All right. Um, picks eight, and nine. The
2: order of this doesn't matter. Uh, for one of my deep safeties, I'm picking Brian Addison. Um, if we were playing 11-on-11 11 11 football, he might be not – he wouldn't be the first deep safety I'd pick, I don't think. Might be Triquist Bridges who you've already taken. Um, I watched Addison in a 7-on-7 seven seven environment when he was coming out of high school at the Elite 11 camp up in Portland. And he was, like, the most impressive player on the field. And that was why when he signed with Oregon, I was like, this guy's going to be awesome. And then he played a position that wasn't the one I watched him play. Because you saw the range and the length and – all of that on full display when he was playing kind of that deep safety spot. So that's why there's – I think there should be some optimism about what he can accomplish back there. I know we're recording this probably about a day after um, when Damon David announced his transfer, and there was a lot of people who were frustrated and disappointed with that and questioning kind of where the position's at. I think those are – I'll address that right now, I guess, just briefly while we're doing this. Do it. Uh, I think, those are, I think those are reasonable concerns, but I also think you look at the way the safety position kind of developed, and we have to note David was out all spring with injury and barely played right. last fall because of injury, but I thought the two players we just drafted, who are both safeties now, Bridges and Addison, really emerged. I thought um, J.J. Greenfield really emerged. Bennett Williams is back. Steve Stevens is also with the team still. Um, that's like five highly regarded safety, I mean, Bennett's kind of a hybrid, but like that's a lot of yeah. guys so i understood why damon david left i think that move probably hurts oregon more in 23 and beyond than 2022 if i'm honest i don't know how much david
3: was going to help right away well, i think people forget that about steve stevens because he was injured and because he didn't play during spring camp kind of a similar thing with david and honestly we're basing all of our information on on how how good damon david could be off of you know stuff that we heard from the coaching staff from last fall i believe last fall so that's nine months ago at this point so and you know we rarely got to see him play he you know he played against colorado and was hurt and then he played against oklahoma and the Alamo bowl and was hurt didn't play all spring camp um yeah i mean depth is not the greatest thing if the if season as like last year happens which is sure. an, an anomaly a statistical anomaly for this program um, then there's some concern, but I think there might be concern in more other places than in, in that case. Maybe it's like whatever is in the water in Eugene in the last couple of years. But um, I, I think depth could, could potentially be a concern. But I, I don't think the loss, like Eric, like you just said, like, I don't think the loss is that big for this season. But in 23 and beyond, sure, I could see that potentially becoming something. But we still have to see what Damon David turns into as a player at his next respective school.
2: Yeah, like the player. I just wanted to address it because it happened yesterday. I thought it was notable. Um, and also, one of the by, by the way, I know, I'm 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 I, I've already written down my ninth pick. I'll get to it in a minute. One of the things I want to do on this podcast is we'll do the draft, but also kind of intersperse some dialogue on some other things because I think there's some transfer stuff we can get to in terms of players coming in because one of the guys might be someone we take um, that mm-hmm. was that just announced a transfer who we have not addressed on the podcast. So um, anyway, my ninth pick, Troy Franklin. I'm. Uh, I guess I'm. I'm going with the skinnies. Um, I've got. I I, I. I. like. I like my receiver core right now. I like my offense a lot. I think I've got arguably the best quarterback and maybe the two best receivers in an eleven on eleven environment and seven on seven. Maybe a little different, but I. I kind of think my offense is coming together here. Your secondary is maybe just a touch better because I think Gonzalez is the best corner on the team by a decent margin. Anyway, all right. Uh, you've got ten and eleven.
3: I have 10 and 11. Okay. <clears throat> These are tough. All right. I got it. Um, we're going to go Bennett Williams as a safety. Okay. And my second, third round pick. <clears throat> Terrence Ferguson, tight end. Oh, Orton. I like- I like it. Another just elite seven-on-seven uh, seven dude. He, he's a 6'6 six, six wide receiver at the end of the day. Yep. And um, that really works in seven-on-seven. Seven.
2: You're up. Yeah, those are good picks. Uh, this is hard because I, I know what position I want to address. I don't feel super confident who the best selection is, and that's we're now at corner. Yep. Um. So I might do this thing where I just take two corners right now and figure one, they're going to be that, that I'm now have the advantage of numbers over you. So I'm going to take Avante Dickerson 12th. Okay. Good pick. And I'm going to take Jaleel Florence 13th. That's um, fine. Again, this exercise, I think will show the, and again, we have to be clear. This is seven on seven. This is a fun exercise. This is not simulating real football. And maybe, maybe that creates a larger discussion about seven on sevens, uh, impacts on 11 on 11 like actual college football um if you wanted to have one i don't know if we're gonna have that on the show but what this exercise is showing i think both of us is that obviously corner and that kind of the secondary is highlighted in in, in seven on seven and oregon as a team their biggest weakness is there and so as jared's gonna be stuck with because i just have three of the top four corners probably there's it yeah. kind of it gets a little yeah. mucky after this corner spot. The other thing is, you know, I don't have to worry about corner forever. Cause I've already used all my
3: corner picks. So true. True. I really, yeah, I did need to take a corner. Maybe this is where you. I, maybe this is where I coach and I, I change bridges to a corner, but no, that's just, no. <laughs> you can do that. We can, we can no, no, no. his name. I feel, like, if, I feel like if I did that, that should cost me a turn. So I won't, and I'll take Jaleel Tucker. All right. I'll go the other Jaleel, and I will assume that he will – that he'll be good. We haven't seen him. Because we haven't seen him, and he won't be here until July. Um, But Jaleel, welcome to 7-on-7 odds and audibles team, Mac. So let's go beat Team Scopel. I think you have two.
2: Oh, no. I thought you just took 14. Do you have 15? Am I wrong?
3: uh you just took two i just took yeah yeah, sorry i have two this term oh i like this this is an interesting one yeah
2: i'm curious what you're gonna do
3: i'm also curious as what i'm gonna do (laughs)
2: great spot to be
3: yeah this is interesting because now it becomes more of like what's our philosophy overall and Which we're not seven <laughs> like, coaches, and we really no, don't. No, we're who not at all. He is so no, <laughs> not one bit. <laughs> um, let's see. I think, yeah, I think it's time. I think I'm going to do it. With what is this? My second pick of the fourth round. I am taking Jeffrey Bassa as my uh, lone linebacker.
2: Hit. That was my top linebacker on my board as well in this particular setting.
3: Yeah, that's easily the the, the top linebacker there. Yeah. Then yeah. yeah. Now it's a it's an interesting one that we
2: have. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Um, I'm going to load up at receiver and take um, Chris Hudson.
3: Yep. I thought about it.
2: I think uh, I think I might have three of who I would argue are I might have the three leaders in receiving yards this season for Oregon and Thornton, Franklin, and Hudson. Like I could make an argument that that could happen.
3: That's
2: fine. Um, yeah, I I don't know in a seven. On, I mean, I think Hudson in a seven on seven would be potentially pretty dynamic. Similar ways that Seth McGee will yeah. would be. So, I mean, that's why I took him there. It's also like kind of telling that he was the fifth receiver we took here. Which, if you were like, if this exercise was pre-spring, he would have been higher for sure. Like, he might have been the second or third receiver we took instead. We had all we had McGee, Thornton, Franklin, and Coda ahead of
3: him. Um. I'm gonna take Byron Cardwell. I'm gonna take a running you back. You know, I was just I was just gonna ask, what is our what do you what is your philosophy on running backs here? Because I thought about taking one of them before. Yeah. Maybe not the one that you would expect. But
2: I didn't um, know. my my strategy is uh, A in seven on seven, sometimes there isn't a running back on the field, so we yeah. might be kind of doing this wrong. Um it was but it was also that we saw Cardwell in spring flexed out wide as a receiver a little bit, and so I'm kind of operating with the like that he can do that a little bit. And again, this exercise is is, is pretty flawed in terms of like simulating real football. So, which is wow. why like never, which is why it's kind of like I wanted we wanted to if it, it would be a weird exercise if it was a quarterback and like five wide receivers. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like you have to have a running back in there. I didn't think we needed to take one early, but because you hadn't taken – that was like, that's the only position that you hadn't addressed, that you know, like that neither of us had addressed. So I decided I'll take the first one. So I, I think Cardinals has got value there as a pass catcher. I know we didn't see that really at all last year. I don't have his stats in front of me, but I, I don't think he caught more than a handful of balls. Um, yeah. I do you think that's something that we could see change this year based upon what we saw in spring? Like, I guess I said earlier, there were a couple instances in – in spring uh, practice, that we saw him like flexed out wide, running like receiver type routes, like not just like wheel routes, like out patterns and stuff. And we saw Sean Dollars in a similar manner, flexed or not flexed out, but utilized in the passing game. So I think the running back position in Oregon's real offense, coached by Kenny Dillingham, not Eric who um, <laughs> will utilize the running back a lot. So in my mind, Ken- in my mind, Kenny's coaching this seven-on-seven team as well, and he's going to drop fun plays.
3: In for the- my mind, yep. <laughs> All right. uh, I, uh, yeah running backs I, I don't know I got two picks here yeah mm-hmm. it's kind of funny where some of like the star players are on my board right now it's just they're not not very high
2: well, there's there's like arguably Oregon's best overall player has not been taken, and I don't know if I'm going to take him. <laughs> we're doing seven and seven.
3: I don't think I am either.
2: No, we're um, not, I don't think, I'm pretty sure I'm not.
3: So, with my fifth round, my first pick of the fifth round, I will take Jamal Hill. That was the other player I was looking at. So, um,
2: schematically, is he a deep safety for you, or is Triquez, or what are you doing here?
3: Um, uh, that's a good point. I think yeah, I think I'm going to convert Triquez to a deep safety. All right.
2: I'm making the shift
3: on my my little uh, notepad here. Okay.
2: I, like, I mean, I like the pick. That was honestly – I debated if I wanted to do that, but I decided to take a running back even though I don't know if there's as much value there.
3: All right. I'm going to go with – this is a project pick but I do need another wide receiver here. I'm going to go with Isaiah Bravard. I kind of thought you might, when you said pride, I like that. It was either him or Justice Lowe, but I think Bravard is a little more physically developed, and I think he could, like, you know, break away from from the hand tackles that are seven-on-seven seven football and getting out of breaks and doing that. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's the choice. It was a tough one because... Once you go past, like, the first five or six wide receivers for Oregon, it's a lot of question marks, um, which is okay. I think Braveheart would be really
2: fun in a seven-on-seven seven here in terms of some of what maybe keeps him the field is, is lack of physical I, development, but you can just jump ball with him.
3: I, I, I kind of want to completely change my pick. Is it too late? I think it's too late. It's too late. Okay.
2: Um, I have to take a safety here. I think um, – I guess you might not ta- – you probably won't take another one since you took all the safeties. Um I'm done. But to avoid you, like you could really back me into a corner and I'd have like – I don't want to throw a walk-on under the bus, but I'd have a walk-on. I'm not even going to say a name. I was going to throw a name out there. That's kind of mean. Uh, I'm going to take Steve Stevens mm. as my second deep safety with pick 20. Um, I, I really like the player. I'm not sure – I mean, it's it's hard to know where he's he's at for the real team at this point just because he was out for parts of the spring and the depth chart was sort of hard to factor in because I don't know how much 11-on-11 we watch and take part in. Um, but he started eight games last year. He's certainly capable. I think seven-on-seven seven might not be great to his strengths because I think he's probably a little better on rundowns and there's a possibility athletically he's a bit challenged. But I think he and Addison together – Addison can maybe help shore up some of that, those shortcomings um, –
3: right
2: now i have to take a nickel yeah and i think as i said earlier i might be backed into a bit of a corner here um yeah i think i i think i think you've forced me to really i've got i think i've got the, the advantage at corner i know i've got the advantage probably on all the offensive positions here but jared boy have i i might have to take somebody here and get really creative um and you took Bassa, who was the guy who would be, in theory, creative enough to, to move around yes. at nickel. So yes. I just joked about it, but I might have to do it. Um, no, you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm going to take – I wouldn't
3: have, even do that. I wouldn't even – I. well, actually, I don't know which one you're talking about because there's two, like, potential best players on the roster sitting down here still.
2: Yeah, I know. and I Well, I'm trying to think schematically of what Tosh Luploy would do with his – advisor on for putting the but you're not
3: up. Tosh this isn't Tosh Lupo's team this is Eric Scopel's team I well I know I'm trying well I'm trying to think I think
2: I want I think I want to have a little more versatility and not have two like linebackers here but I think I either I think I kind of almost have to do that or I have to take kid who hasn't enrolled yet who I don't think is going to be a much of a factor this year which you can get to the fact that this exercise Trey John Williams was the other person I'm thinking of I'm not going to do that um mm, interesting I'm going to take Justin Flo okay yeah that's yeah, tough. that's tough there I kind of back myself in yeah. the corner a little bit yeah,
3: that that's okay. That's fine. I mean I,
2: I shouldn't be complaining that I have Justin Flo on my team period so I'm gonna celebrate that I've got him because he's awesome and it's, again we're assuming full health.
3: yes we are we are definitely assuming full health um, All right I'm gonna finish off my defense here.
2: okay I figured you had to.
3: We're gonna take another safety okay. We do uh, JJ Greenfield.
2: I like it. And then, so you've got so he's put one of these. His bridge is Bridges now a corner? I'm so confused. What you're doing here? You've got like I've got four forwarded. safeties, two
3: corners,
2: and a linebacker. Yeah, you've got. We have very different defensive formations because I have three corners. I'm probably going to have two linebackers and two safeties. So
3: we're we're playing different games here. Um, I just figured. Seven on seven is a game where you got to cover ground and you got to have some ball hawks and you got to have people who can partially defend uh, man to man, but not really. Just play a bunch of zones. Um, Gosh, offense. Oh, that's right. Um, Let's see. What do I have here? I mean,
2: you could take your snapper guy right now. I mean, I wouldn't
3: hold against you. We're doing six offensive players plus snapper guy. We are, yeah. Okay, so I still have. you have, you have three two offensive two. players. To pick. Yeah, I'm gonna go Kyler Casper.
2: Okay, and he's. You're not gonna have a running back. No, no running backs. Okay, we're playing. Yeah, we're you're you're pushing the envelope for what the uh, what the formations will be here, but I kind of like it. And honestly, it's a good move considering my lack of uh, coverage players here.
3: Well, you mentioned how you know sometimes in seven on seven they don't even have a running back on the field, and it's like why would I why would I draft somebody who's going to be on the field forty percent of the time? It's true.
2: Okay, um, because you don't have a running back, uh, I, I probably don't need to. I'm, I'm going to assume Flo is going to cover Ferguson just fine. Um, I'll have Manning and Dickerson and Florence covering. Your three receivers that you first picked, I think I have to pick Kamari Terrell now. So we really are getting into the weeds here with guys that haven't enrolled, who we don't know. Track speed guy. You also pick picked. Track speed. We both picked players who haven't enrolled here. So I'll have one guy who hasn't enrolled, card your guy who hasn't enrolled, and they'll. Have I have a, two guys who haven't enrolled. Well, but but yeah. on, I'll, I'll have on two offensive. So. so it'll be an unenrolled yeah. player matchup. Um, Excellent. We'll, we'll see how that goes. I have one pick left and it's the tight end or receiver spot. Um, I don't, I mean, you took Casper and that makes the pick for receiver even a little more tough. I could go Crocker or Delgado or low. Um, but I think mataval would give bosses some trouble with his height. So I'm going to take Maliki. That's my, my last. That's nom- fine.
3: I'll put yeah. Jamal Hill on him and have it a, have a day.
2: Okay. You think, all right. You like Jamal there. I do. So Who's bossa covering? Cardwell. I
3: don't know who Bassa would cover. All
2: right, Probably anyway. Cardwell. I
3: like how we're getting into the. I'm really getting into like what, what's the one the coaching I think aspect. That's yes. never going to happen. Yeah. Coach Coach Dillingham, if you're listening, let us run some in the Ooh, summer, I, of course, because we got okay, to wait for some of the. Yeah, Coach
2: Lanning, let's let's put this to work. Let's let's let's, let's this this. I don't see real. why not. Let's 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 do this. If any if anybody listening, it'll never happen because <laughs> it's dangerous and silly. But. uh it's not even that dangerous. It's seven on seven, but they'll. Never, I know it'll never happen. But all right, you've got to pick a quarterback and a snapper guy. And I have one snapper guy to pick as well.
3: Yes, uh, I, I'm going Ty Thompson with my last pick. Over Jay, um, why? Over Jay, I think Ty taking out the element of needing to make real decision reads in 11 on 11 is going to benefit him a lot. Um, I mean, there's a reason he shot up in the rankings so much in his, his junior and his senior season of high school. Um, he was obviously very very good in high school but those seven on seven camps in the summer you know he was dominant in that's why he was everybody kind of drooled over what the potential he could be and that still is the case for him honestly um, it, with him or Jay um I just like Ty more I think it just comes down to that I like his his physical intangibles you, his like natural stuff more than I like what Jay has you you pick Ty you think as the backup still in uh an 11
2: on 11. in 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 real world football like the real game
3: yeah i I think i still do just because i think ty's potential is way higher than jay's is i think jay could be a good starting quarterback in a power five conference but i think ty could still grow into an elite quarterback in a power five conference i just think his natural like (laughs) i don't want to you know don't want to say it but like his god-given abilities are, are much higher than than jay's and probably probably higher than Bo Nix's he's just like his potential is through the roof he just he's had a hard time even getting there and making reads and that's why he was a five-star because of his potential potential um which is a funny thing to say but it's like officially official but again Huh? What was the
2: line that uh, that draft expert used when the Raptors took Bruno Caboclo? It was like, oh, he's uh, year two, from years from two years away from two years away, <laughs> something like that. And that's that's in jest, but like that's sort of that's what this pick is.
3: That's what that's what Ty Thompson is a little bit. It's a little bit away, maybe, from reaching that. In real life football, yeah, but seven on seven, I'm taking him. Okay, um, I think he can thread the needles there. All right, you've got you you've got the you got to pick a snapper guy. Okay, all right. All right. My uh my snapper guy is the ghost of Kai Arneson. <laughs> oh no.
2: He's <laughs> at Nevada, you can't do this. Now now our now our seven oh seven will never get played for real because No,
3: but it's the ghost. So we'll just have like I don't know. I'm I'm sure Oregon has has an automated machine that snaps a football or if if not, I'm sure they could call someone who could do it. So uh, yeah, ghost of Kai Arneson. We you can't just
2: the podcast listening listenership has no idea why who that is, probably. Can you explain <laughs> or they might know Certainly. who he is, but
3: they might not understand the significance of why he's both of our two of our favorite players. Of course, of course. So Kai Arneson was a, a walk-on center last year. He was probably what third string, fourth string, until some injuries. I think um, th- third
2: if they really really, really needed it, maybe. I mean probably seemed... I think they probably put Paris Johnson out
3: there before him, probably in, in real life. Oh definitely, yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Um Arneson was a serviceable center. How about that? Yeah. He's so serviceable that he followed coach Ken, linebacker and coach Ken Wilson to his new head coaching job at Nevada. Um, And it's Nevada, not Nevada, whatever other people say. Um, Over to Nevada, got a scholarship. The reason why we're such big fans of his is he is just like a fictitious character. He's six foot five or six foot four. He's offensive lineman, big guy, long hair, big glasses. Yep. Uh, you know, like a ski, skiing cap on his head all the time. He just, he's just my favorite looking character on, on the Oregon football show that was last year. So and we created nicknames for his fan club, like Arnie's Army, which was my favorite. Um, I, I actually stumbled upon them in one of my books the other day. <laughs> Um, I don't remember what the other ones were, but Arnie's army is the best. Um, I had some 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 more fan club names. I can't remember them right now, but yeah. what were they I'm still sad about Kai Arneson transferring um, you know duck territory favorite. Um, but we you know we wish him the best of luck and you know that's why I'm, I thought it was I thought it was appropriate to to have his ghost snapping for my seven on seven team. But also had always smiling and seemingly like just kind of in a really good
2: mood all the time, which is yeah, not always a the happy case. Camper. Everybody oh, maybe maybe Cobra Kai, because uh, that's actually his na- oh first name. First name spelled. We've now done three minutes on Kai Arneson, who's not even on the team, so go us. Um, my <laughs> snapper guy here. I like that you chose somebody who has a history of snapping, because I was gonna do the same thing. Um good. Because I think, I think it's important. I, we're, we're talking real football. I think it's important to have somebody who can turn and flip the ball to the quarterback effectively with confidence. <laughs> so I'm taking backup long snapper walk on Luke Basso. Oh, Luke, you know, uh, Carson Battles. I probably should have taken him. He has a mullet like me. We're kind of mullet brothers, but I, uh, I go with Basso because I, I wanted to introduce the fan base to his name because after t- James crepit and I of the Oregonian, we're really high on the, the backup snapper here. We we've, we expect this is the name to know in 23 and beyond. As two guys who actually kind of care about the special team stuff, um, so I thought I'd introduce a name that might be relevant, rather than introduce a name that's not at all relevant, like my co- <laughs> my
3: colleague. I mean, come on who is your uh, who is your backup snapper person? Like, my, who, who would my next one have been? Yeah, um, you didn't have two.
2: I would no. I did. I it, I was gonna be pretty boring and just go Alex Forsythe because he's. Uh, so, I'm a big fan of Alex Forsythe, and he's probably the best person to snap a football. But again, this is not really snapping a football because it's not like those of you who haven't watched seven on seven. Usually, it's a kid. I call it Snapper Guy because it's not a center and it's not an. <laughs> he's not eligible to receive the, like to catch the pass in most formats that I've seen. Though seven on seven, so he basically just turns and flips the ball to the quarterback, and so I call him the Snapper Guy. Um, probably could be the ball flipper guy, too. We can change the ta- the title. I <laughs> like ball flipper, too. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, so we're kind of having fun with that because we we we, just we, won. Won. Mm-hmm. we went full seven on seven here, um, which I, I hope this show's been, like, lighthearted and enjoyable because that's kind of what this time of year is. Um, should
3: we do a draft recap? Sure. I was going to mention my second snapper. Oh, you, you, you hit me with that. Oh, A.J. Abbott because that, that's the closest I'll we'll ever get to a football. Walk on full oh, string quarterback and yeah. a,
2: another, another great head of hair.
3: Yeah. Good lettuce. Good lettuce.
2: All right. Um, I'm going to run through my offense, then run through your offense. I just realized for your offense, if you wanted to have someone in the backfield, you have seven McGee. So you've got some versatility. So nice pick there. Um,
3: oh, yeah, thanks. That's exactly what I was going to You, know.
2: you were really, you were big brain in it. Um, I'm going, so I'm not going. I, I've already drafted my players, so there's no need to draft them. There's no need to go. Anywhere. Round
3: round eight, yeah.
2: Here's my. here's, here's we're going to keep going. We got to have a depth chart. We got to have guys off the bench because uh, <laughs> yeah, we really want to get into the, 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 the walk ons of the world here. Um, okay, so I have Bonex at quarterback, Byron Cardwell at running back, uh, Dante Thornton, Troy Franklin, seven, or, uh, Chris Hudson, sorry, at receiver with Maliki Madavau at tight end, ball flipper guy. We're going Luke Boss, so I've decided to change the name officially. Um, mm-hmm. At corner, Dante Manning, Avante Dickerson, Julio Florence. I've also taken Kamari Terrell, so I've got four corners here, um, two of which are true freshmen. <laughs> They're all really young, but Oregon doesn't have a lot of experience here at corner. Um, I've got Justin Flo as my middle linebacker and Brian Addison and Steve Stevens as my deep safeties. Jared's team, Ty Thompson, seven McGee as your running back receiver hybrid or just a receiver. You can Probably just a receiver. Okay. He's going four wide. Um mean, you want four wide, which is why I want four corners. Mm. The receivers, you've got Chase Coat Isaiah Bravard, Kyler Crasper, tight end Terrence Ferguson, the ghost of Kai Arneson as your ball flipper guy. Yep, which is great. <laughs> uh, I mean, we, we we kind of were saying it was somebody on the team, but you know, I'll put in I'll put in parentheses. He's there in spirit. Yeah, he's there in spirit. Uh, okay, uh, your defense, you've got Christian Gonzalez. Jalil Tucker, J.J. Greenfield, TriQuiz Bridges, Jeffrey Bassa, Bennett Williams, Jamal Hill. You and I have very different fundamental formations and concepts here. Of like, I, I kind of went by the book, but I also was the one who came up with like the formations of what they should be. So I went pretty strictly, offensively: quarterback, running back, three receivers, a tight end, a, a, a ball flipper guy. Um, I defensively, I did do a little bit of an alteration. I went four corners. Justin Flo is my guy to cover stuff in the middle of the field or mm. Ferguson with two deep safeties. I, I I like my I really like the Brian Addison pick in seven on seven. I'm going to reiterate that you went quarterback, four receivers, tight end, your ball flipper guy. You went basically two traditional corners, two corners, um, four safeties and a linebacker. And Boss is even kind of hybridy too. So you I mean, you really want two corners and five versatile. Bodies, which is probably a pretty good strategy. If you, I blind. told
3: you I was gonna go. I was gonna go two five. Just didn't know which two five was gonna go.
2: Yeah, yeah. You thought, well, you initially we had talked about maybe going two linebackers. Yeah,
3: but I thought to hell with it. So we didn't pick Noah Sewell. Um, yeah, let's was, go through who we didn't pick.
2: Which is a little bit offensively. We kind of have everybody on the roster. To be totally honest, I mean, uh, we, we if you want if we, if we want to do a quick. Um, Bucky Irving, no dollars. do you want to do a quick just opinions on Bucky Irving since we're we're still got a couple minutes here to fill out probably on the show and we didn't pick him but that was a player that Oregon added in the portal that we haven't talked about. I'm pretty high on the player do you want to give some opinions on what you've seen on him, Jared?
3: Yeah, for sure um, I think he's a, a very serviceable running back. I think it was needed. Um, Jordan James, running back commit from Georgia for star commit. Um, he comes in during the summer but to get an established guy to now have, what is it, five scholarship running backs, which is absurd compared to where they were two months ago, I would say. A month um, ago. A month ago, sure. Yeah. Uh, impressive. And this is somebody who racked up over 600 yards at Minnesota. Um, you watch some of his highlights, he can pe- catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, Eric, I think you mentioned that he runs similar to Travis Dye. Yeah, a little of that yeah so he's a he's a pass catcher he's he's bigger and heavier than die is but um they kind of run similar they they do the same things on offense they both see they're both pretty hard to, t- to take down And what it looked like from um irving's highlights um i like it uh, just this is a great backup to maybe a backup or a great third string running back i still think it's cardwell and dollars one two but having whittington irving and jordan james is your three, four, five, in whatever order they end up being. That's pretty darn good for a team that really had Dollars, uh, Cardwell, and Aaron Smith, and Jordan James eventually coming like a month and a half ago.
2: Yeah, I, I did want to touch on that just because it is a position that has really transformed itself um, over the last month or so, as we said. I think, I think Irving has a chance to – I think he'll challenge Dollars possibly to be the two guy. I mean – I, you know, you kind of look at the recruiting profile. He and Cardwell were like almost identical in terms of rankings. I Cardwell was seven spots higher in the total, uh, in the, in the overall two, four, seven sports rankings and one running back spot above. So this is somebody who's comparable coming out of high school and, and Irving produced more yardage. I know he had greater opportunity than Cardwell did, um, especially early on in the season. Both kind of similar spots though, where both teams lost their top running back really pretty early on in the year. Um, it was Muhammad, I think, is the last name of the kid mm-hmm. at Minnesota who went down against Ohio State in the season opener with the knee injury. Sort of similar, both both teams losing running backs uh, really early on in the season, and young guys giving an opportunity to play. So some similarities in terms of how they've gotten there. So I, I think he's, I think he'll challenge to try to play quite a bit, and I think he'll be in the rotation. I, I like I like the addition a lot.
3: Certainly. He's also a guy who has, what, three years, four years of eligibility at this point? Probably three. Three,
2: three, yeah,
3: three years. Uh, Same thing with Whittington. Like, the the guys that they've added... It's not just a grad transfer
2: or something like that. No, and that's the cool thing with the... You know, that's one that we can talk. We can go really long podcast if we wanted to, just on all portal talk. But, like, it's a cool thing, hypothetically, and not hypothetically, but in reality with some of this stuff, is that you do get guys who aren't just, like, one-year fill-ins. Like, it used to be... In college basketball, particularly like you look at Oregon men's basketball teams or women's basketball teams, and it would be just like this person's here for a year to fill in, or even like a Vernon Adams at quarterback or a Dakota Prukop at quarterback. One year guys, I, I know. Sorry, Oregon <laughs> we, we for we bringing that but uh, but this is a guy, these are guys now both Whittington and Irving who could who could contribute for like three years and potentially, years, yeah. potentially be guys that are playing a lot of snaps down, down the stretch. I think we've covered everything else at quarterback, receiver. I, I kind of think Spencer Webb sneaky would have been maybe just as good as Madovao in a seven on seven setting, by the way, like in terms of just being big and athletic and being good as a receiver. Cause so you're not, you're not looking at blocking here at all. And that's no, no. I shouldn't say I but, had,
3: I had Patrick Herbert at the same level as Spencer Webb in terms of a seven on well, seven. And play. And that, well, I mean, again, that's, he's also somebody who I don't know if I trust as a blocker
2: and, and Herbert is because of injury. I, I have very little knowledge of what he is compared to like he's in the kind of the same ballpark as like a Jalil Florence, where it's like, I feel like I've seen so little of him that I'm, I didn't even really consider him to be totally honest because I just, felt I had like, him as
3: my third tight end on my big board.
2: All right. Uh, defensively, we took every corner on the roster. So
3: <laughs> no, we didn't oh, take uh, David Barkin.
2: Beckham or Darren Barkins
3: or Barkins. Yeah.
2: Barkins was not taken. Um, defensive line and offensive line. We didn't take anybody, but that was by design. That was, and we should, I mean, like when we were putting them up this exercise, we we thought the offensive line is it's pretty thin. The defensive line has a lot of guys, but it's really hard to pick and choose right now because we didn't really get a feel for the hierarchy because everybody was hurt. Not everybody, but the three three key guys are out. So we kind of decided to eliminate that. Plus, it would have been an extra, I don't know, 10 minutes, 30 probably. minutes, 10, 20. Yeah, I don't know, something would have been longer. Um, linebacker, we didn't take Noah Sewell, and that was. Best football player probably on the entire team in eleven on eleven. I think seven on seven. I don't know if he's that valuable to be honest. I I didn't even really blink twice when I decided to take flow. I think flow, a healthy flow. And I know Matt will listen to this and will be, he'll be rolling in his proverbial grave. I know he's not. You no, know, he has not died. That's not why he's been absent. But he will be. He will be frustrated because he 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 uh he he loves obviously Sewell and he's kind of questioning some of the flow stuff. But I I think. Um, I think flow, healthy, best case scenario. <clears throat> sorry, I had a little bit of a thing in my throat there. Um, it is really exciting. So I didn't have much. But like, no Sewell, is that, like, you were like, probably like me, with like, he's not a great in pass coverage guy, and seven on seven doesn't fit his skill set because he's not going to come up and thump a guy because it's two hand touch anyway.
3: Right. I have him 15th on my big board, which, you know, behind the likes of JJ Greenfield, Kamari Terrell, Darren Barkin, Steve Stevens. Flo Dickerson—it's just not a seven-on-seven seven guy. You know who I almost had. As simple as that.
2: You know who I almost had. Who I probably would have had, honestly, if I would have been forced to it. I think Devin Jackson would have been an awesome pick here with the speed and athleticism. Mm. I have Devin Jackson at sixteen. I had him one behind Noah, and I think Harrison Taggart as well, with those same kind of physical attributes. It's kind
3: of a hybrid player would have been interesting here, but um, so that kind I of actually, went. I took I took Harrison Taggart off my big board and added Adrian Jackson. It, it, Another guy that's a good pick. Yeah,
2: those three guys, if you're talking seven on seven, are probably just better than Sewell is in that sort of a setting. And I know this is probably – they're probably fans who don't quite get the point we're making. But, like, he's 260 pounds. These guys are 210, 225 pounds. And you're talking about covering – Yeah, and you're talking about covering guys like – I'm like, Flo is going to be at a disadvantage covering – most of the guys that are on your team in
3: terms of the athletic profile. If I throw seven McGee across the middle, you're, you're done. It's going to be hard for Flo to stick to, to – to Yeah. I mean, it's going to be him. hard for bossa for some of these guys too, and yeah. he's a converted safety.
0: Right. So
2: that's, so, that's why we
3: both went defensive back heavy. That's the rub. I
2: I, I think we took – Ten? Yeah, there's not really any safeties or corners left to even discuss as far as I'm concerned. It's so just like Barkin, Barkins. Trae John Williams. Um, Should David Beckham. I- I'm not going. Should I have taken Darren Barkins over Kamari Terrell? Possibly, probably, but I just think. But we're Barkins talking speed is, and athleticism, and they're both really fast and really athletic. think yeah. like it's a wash. So maybe but I'm, I'll maybe take critical. I,
3: I think I would have taken Kamari as well. I had him higher on my big board. I think I would have taken him just because he's a bigger person. That's true. Like a bigger human being. Barkins is like, and the other thing about seven out of seven, it's a lot of. It's a lot of contact. It really is, but not like I'm going to hit you contact. It's hand fighting. It's, you know, who's, who's got, who's stronger, who's got stronger arms type of deal. Who's a bigger body. And that's where I think Darren Barkins might get hurt. Okay. Not physically hurt, but hurt okay. in the, in pass coverage. I mean,
2: we saw Byron Cardwell, like basically shove him, Throw 20, him. 20 yards yeah. on the field on a, on a, yeah. like a go route and to create separation for a pass that wasn't flagged, but.
3: Um, oh, another guy that we didn't even discuss, uh, Jackson, the Duke.
2: Yeah, it's another good option. Yeah, true.
3: Yeah, yeah not another uh, another guy who I'm not sure about in pass coverage.
2: Well, I know. That's kind of it's like if, if, if I'm picking between – I'm Bossa. picking between
3: Sewell and the Duke. I pick Sewell, but –
2: I agree. I, 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 once you took Bossa off the board, I was basically going flow or one of these freshmen who's really fast is where my head yeah. went for, for this particular exercise. Yeah. Um, Parting thoughts. Do we have anything else to add here? I mean, this is—we've got a good chunk of time spent here. We didn't take that middle break, which I know I was instructed it was important to put a middle break in there. Sorry, guys. Sorry, advertisers.
3: <laughs> we'll just have to put an extra one in the back end now. Um, um no, no, uh, no. Donovan Dalton reference.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, thought of him, but could be an interesting guy. I mean, the size and length—maybe he would Six have four been six-four safety. Would have been fun back here with, with Addison on my team or on the back end for you, but I I just think Steve Stevens is a better player. So yeah. I didn't pause too much there. I, I think um I, I think this exercise showed a couple of things. It showed that to me, it showed that there's enough depth at safety, enough. I'm not saying it's the best it could be. I think Damon David is a guy who, if he was with the team still, I would have taken somewhere, potentially. Probably, have, yeah, I would have taken him over Terrell, I think, at the at, in that spot just because he'd have a little more versatility. Because I don't love having four true corners, um, a linebacker and two deep safeties, it's not the worst thing in the world, but I'd like to have a little more versatility for some of the bigger bodies, especially because you do have four big bodies that you've used out wide with Casper, Coda, Brevard, and, and Ferguson. So, don't try. love that, but um,
3: we play matchups
2: here, playing matchups here, it's yeah, what we that's do, pretty, we're playing matchups off each other, um. Yeah, no, I think that kind of brings it to a conclusion. Uh, We said at the top, Matt will be back middle of next week. I'm going to do a mailbag on Monday, so submit your questions. I'll put a prompt up probably Saturday or Sunday as well. want to get those going. Again, I know the fans are big fans of the mailbag. It's one of our favorite things too, so send those in. You can use the hashtag Ots and Audibles. Um, Again, I'll put a prompt out on Twitter. Plenty of content coming up here. Baseball, softball teams are playing big series. We had a preview show on Wednesday. Talked a little bit about that. Um, Transfer portal. Who knows? It could be more stuff. You never. I, I, I haven't discounted I have no that. No idea. Well, we what's going on. Well, guys could have transferred. Who knows? Yeah. Um, it's a joke. Don't quote me on that. Um, but that, it's we're kind of in that time of year here where the rosters remain slightly in flux. News breaks, and uh, we'll be around at duckterritory.com. To break it down and if there is need for an emergency podcast Jared and I might record one over the weekend but we as of right now aren't expecting anything newsy enough to do so so thank you for listening to this Friday edition of the Aughts and Audibles podcast the premiere, the debut 2022 Duck Territory 7-on-7 Oregon football draft. Uh, Thank you for listening folks and we will talk to you guys next week. Peace.
1: Okay, picture this.